It's time for the Flagler Radio Business Report, a 30-minute roundtable discussion with local businesses. And now, your host, Kirk Keller. Good morning and welcome to the Business Report. I'm your host, Kirk Keller. My guest this morning is Dr. Joe Sabiak. How are you, sir? Good to be here with you. And this is going to be an interesting topic for your audience. I think it is. You know, uh, we're, we're getting elections thrown in our face already. We've already gone through several debates that our own governor has been involved in. And my question to you is, how do we really know who to vote for on a national level? Because we don't get to know them. And the way I was taught, and I think I told you this on the phone, the way I was taught by my father and my mother is you need to vote for the man, not for the party. But that's hard to do when you don't ever get to meet the man or the woman. Voters actually have to assume responsibility for informing themselves about the candidates, researching the candidates, their biographies, uh, their records, uh, their issue positions. And you're right. Florida is different in terms of the presidential primary compared to an Iowa or New Hampshire. Iowa and New Hampshire, you're going to personally meet each presidential candidate maybe several times. I like to joke they'll come to your home and maybe come in and have breakfast for a half hour. In Florida, it's it's, uh, more the case because we're such a a large state and fast-growing state that voters often don't even get to meet state and local officials. So – uh, it's really important that voters avail themselves of all the different tools and resources that are available to learn about the candidates. No, it, it, it is important, I think so, but we can't always do that. And, but you can't also believe everything you see on the Internet. So what's the best source, in your opinion, Dr. Joe, um, to get that information? I, I would recommend several different uh, methods of, of being an informed voter. Uh, one, you know, visit the candidates' websites and look at their biography and look at their issue positions. Two, contact the candidates. And, and if you have a specific question or a specific public policy issue, uh, there are different sources of credible, accurate, timely, relevant, valid information. Uh, review the communications that the candidates send you and, and uh, uh, what, they're, what they're telling you in, in their direct mail or digital ads or social media advertising or uh, radio spots. Um, the political parties may also be providing information on candidates in terms of their resumes and records and issue positions. There will be a number of groups that are active in the public policy process that will provide information on candidates. I just would issue the obvious uh, asterisk or disclaimer that, you know, different groups may have a specific public policy orientation or or issue positions, and that may influence how they evaluate or grade the candidates. Um, That's why I like to say, you know, brick, 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 wall of evidence. You know, you use multiple sources of information. If you do get a chance uh, at at the local level uh, to – you see a local candidate forum being sponsored by WNZF or uh, the Flagler Tiger Bay Club, I would encourage you to attend that because it's an opportunity for you to hear directly from candidates and ask them questions. Uh, But the reality is in Florida – it is harder for voters to get to know national candidates or statewide candidates simply due to our size. We're not Iowa. We're not New Hampshire. Uh, and there, and, but on the local level, you do have plenty of opportunities, I just mentioned, to learn about local candidates. Mm-hmm. Let's talk news sources, you know, uh, news on a national level that the big three networks or big four networks and all the others, they're getting 
they're getting slammed pretty bad because they're more opinion-based uh, networks than they are hard fact news. Do you agree with that? Well, I, I think the, the national media environment, um, you know, one, it is a business. And so you've got to attract viewership in order to sell advertising, produce revenue, and and, and continue operations. It's all about the ratings, right? So um, – uh, we're in an era right now, and America cycles through these during our history where you may have an era where people are more politically polarized, ideological, and partisan. And we now have cable news networks that have figured that out. And so they say, I'm, you know, uh, there are riches in the niches, and I'm not worried about getting 80% of the viewers, like maybe, you know, a, a national uh, news broadcast in 1960. You know, like Walter Cronkite right. might have 40% of Americans watching him on the CBS Evening News. They simply go, our brand is going to be this orientation, political philosophy or, or ideology, and we're going to make it appeal. So if, I, if I'm if i more, more conservative, I'm watching Fox News. If I'm uh, more left to the center, I'm watching MSNBC or CNN. And so the news networks um, build and reinforce that brand by, as you point out, uh, adopting a specific um, uh, political view or, or policy orientation in addition to the news. Uh, but in, unfortunately, I, I don't know how that changes dramatically or, or, or anytime soon because it's working. Right. It is working for their ratings and for their pocketbook. Right. But it's not, I don't think, educating the public like, it sh- like news media should be. Well, you would ideally you would want fair, balanced, objective, evidence based um, airing of all different you know competing arguments and and, and viewpoints, um, and and maybe to some extent the, the, those news networks are trying. But we've had a really uh, dramatic change in the media environment, as you know, in America. Big time. Um, and and now you know the average American spends five minutes a week thinking about politics and government. Four of the five minutes are the national level stuff. And so they pretty much tune in at the national level to their favorite cable news network. And then uh, they jump down to local media outlets like yours because they really want to know what community news events, activities, uh, to be able to hear someone they know uh, from their neighborhood or community on the radio. And and so um, we've changed a lot in terms of uh, there used to be a lot of influence of of the, the the newspapers in the state that serve each region. Well, now somebody can run for statewide office and not get a single endorsement by any of those newspapers and still win, right? right? And in the regional uh, TV news is is uh, also declining in viewership. So you find two two major um, uh, media sources for a lot of Americans are either. I tune into my na- my favorite national cable news network, or uh, and I'm I'm uh, plugging into my favorite local news media outlet. You know, community news. Is that fair for an, a newspaper, a radio station, TV station, or even a blogger to endorse a candidate? Do you think that's right? You know, that there's always been a healthy debate on that with the fairness doctrine and um, and and the idea that the public owns the airwaves and the media has a civic responsibility. Uh, but the reality is, you know, going back to the founding fathers and prior to us uh, becoming uh, an, a America and a nation, an independent nation of our own, um, you know, individuals and organizations have always utilized 
communications right. and, 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 and media publications. But that's a huge influence. I mean, uh, medium becomes the trusted voice, whether it's in print, whether it's radio, whether it's TV. Right. Uh, we have earned the trust over the years. I, I just don't think that's fair that, let's say I got on the air and say, vote for Joe Saviak. That's not fair to your opposing candidate. Yeah, I, I, I think you see less of the endorsements now in the state and local news media. Uh, on the national level, uh, someone doesn't have to specifically endorse, but if they're giving a lot of airtime on on a cable news network to specific individuals, you kind of can read between the lines, right, right? And, and and figure out the orientation. Right now, that's the current environment. Um, Americans are are divided and uh, polarized and partisan and ideological, and so they're tuning in to those outlets nationally that that match their views. We talked earlier about you know watching the debates. Um, I used to be, and I say used to be, underline used to, really watch every debate from you know a year out, two years out, whatever. I have not watched a single debate this year because I just don't see the value of it, especially when I've been told and I read in articles and hear on the radio and see on TV that the candidates have all the questions in advance. I think that's an unfair advantage to the American public when they get the questions in advance, unlike the the good old debates, uh, you know, Reagan was a great debater. He never had the questions in advance. Sure. I, I, I think um, if you're going to have debates, you want them to be as informative and valuable to the voters as possible and that candidates actually um, have the opportunity to, to fully explain their issue positions and, and why their qualifications and credentials. I, I think one of the challenges has been early in the season is – if you have eight or nine candidates on the stage at the same time, how much quality time are you you able to hear from each of the candidates? Uh, and then to your point is, uh, you know, perhaps they could look to questions that come in from citizens rather than developed by the moderators and broadcasters. That. Uh, that's what I like about the local candidate forums is you hear local citizens asking local candidates about community concerns. And I think that is – I mean, it goes back to our town hall tradition centuries ago in this country, and and so uh, I agree with you. You you know, if things are scripted, rehearsed, orchestrated, predictable, uh, there's not much chance for uh, there to be a a, a new or different um, issue arise uh, for discussion. Uh, that is probably not as valuable because you know once you're in public office. Everything every day you're is a tar- not your target. Everything, period. yeah, everything is not easy, scripted, stable, predictable, knowable, and you have to make a lot of tough calls, and you have to do a lot of homework and analysis, and um, and and therefore, you know, if if something is pretty scripted on TV, uh, that's not really like what the job is like, right? And I, I, once again, I think it's pulling the wool over the the public's eyes whenever they get a chance to see the questions in advance. Or even deny. I've been told that a lot of these national debates, um, the candidates will say, "No, I'm not going to respond to that." Uh, I don't. I don't think that's fair in advance either. Yeah, I could see the value of 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 knowing some of the issues that will be asked about because that way individuals, you know, you know, prepare uh, more thoughtful, informative answers, and that's to the benefit of the voters. Uh, but once again, once you're governing, uh, governing is not 
you know, I get to pick the issues. I get to pick the questions. Right. I get to pick who I'm going to who I'm going to answer to and who I'm not going to answer. And 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 governing can uh, be quite different from campaigning. And we don't want a big disconnect from what the campaign process is like to what the governing process is like. Or you may end up with people who are really adept at the campaign process, but they may or may not be the most uh, qualified for the actual hard, difficult daily work of governing. No, I agree. Earlier in the show, you mentioned uh, um, look at their record. So when we come back from commercial break, I want to find out how do we look at that record. This is the Business Report. We'll be right back right after this. Yes, absolutely. Palm Coast is blessed to have a company like this. Owners that care about not only about the community, but they care about hiring within Palm Coast and providing um, nice salaries for those that live here. And they, they really, truly invest back within. Good morning and welcome back to the Business Report. I'm your host, Kirk Keller. My guest this morning is Dr. Joe Saviak, a college professor, and we're learning more about edu- uh, elections, who to vote for, how to vote for. He's not going to tell you who to vote for, but he's going to tell you how to study up on who to vote for. Um, Joe, earlier in the show, you mentioned uh, check out their voting record. How do we do that? Uh, generally speaking, you have uh, you can go online uh, for uh, the state of Florida. Um, if you have a specific bill that you are tracking during the legislative session, and you can go on to um, online sunshine and and go to the House or the floor or the Florida Senate, Florida House or Florida Senate. Look up your look up the bill um, and look up your member, your representative, or your senator, and you can see how they voted. The same thing with. Uh, congressional. Um, it, it, it sometimes takes a little work to learn the websites to, and you've got to uh, be looking for a specific bill and a specific issue, um, but you definitely can do it. You know, we, we're we a republic, not a democracy, and that means we choose elected representatives who are going to uh, make those governing decisions. Ultimately, they are accountable to us. But our founding fathers, as part of that design, uh, place the responsibility on us to make informed choices. And so uh, you have to be proactive um, and you uh, about learning about the backgrounds of every candidate. Are they the right match and fit for that office? Like in Florida, for instance, generally to hold most of the public offices, there's only a two-word qualification, resident elector. It means you're a registered voter. It doesn't mean you have a license, a certification, ex- professional experience, that you've managed budgets, that you've you've led people, and therefore it's important. Uh, you know, past um, records are predictive of future performance. And, I, I and, agree. And, and you definitely want to get a sense of what is this individual's biography? What have they done in life? Does it match and fit this office? Um, is it? Is this an executive office, and have they proven capable as an executive prior to seeking this office? Is this more of a legislative office where you are having to persuade other other members of the body to uh, to vote uh, for a specific bill, and, and you know it's a collegial setting, and, and have they done well in that type of environment in their in their uh, prior life? 
uh, before seeking public office. So I would also look for candidates who are not only knowledgeable about the office, it's clear they've done their research, they they have uh, they understand the rules and responsibilities of the office, but you also want someone who too who is genuinely enthusiastic about that office, um, and and it's in and you're not uh, hiring somebody for it who has uh, uh, reasons other than good public policy and good performance for the citizens for seeking that office. You know, you want somebody who's who you can tell cares deeply about doing a solid job as a, a city commissioner, a county commissioner, a constitutional officer. Absolutely. Let's talk fact checker. What's a good source for fact checking these days? Because it's not fake book. I can tell you that much. Yeah, I, I think, unfortunately, the Internet uh, cuts both ways, right? There's plenty of uh, – it, it, it can be a gateway or access to uh, reliable and valid, accurate, timely, relevant information. It can also be – uh, there's no peer review. There's no board that you know uh, adjudicates whether this is true and accurate before somebody posts it. I would say go to the source. If you see something posted and they're saying, hey, your elected official voted against the interests of the citizens on X or Y, contact that elected official. Well, there's been several times too, even on the local level, where a politician is denied saying something, but indeed he did, but the, the proof wasn't right there at the same time that that question was asked. Right. And that's happened a lot. I, I think voters today, uh, certainly being qualified, competent, and, 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 and successful in similar prior roles is important. Voters today are really looking for authenticity. Uh, they're <laughs> looking for character. They're looking for integrity. Uh, they understand you may make some mistakes. They understand you're going to need to learn on the job. They understand you're going to need to do your homework. Um uh, they they understand that there are some things that you can you'll be working on uh, that you can't necessarily solve immediately. Right. But uh, really, I, I concur with you that the voters today are looking for individuals who are real, genuine, and authentic. Let's talk about a candidate's personal life. It has nothing to do with with how they're going to do in the office. But you know, I, you know I've, I've seen a lot of people upset that a candidate's divorced twice or divorced three times or going through a divorce when, when she or he are running for office. Does that matter at all? You know, every voter will apply their own criteria to these decisions. I, I, if I can refer to different situations uh, that we've all seen in the news over the last few years or decades, generally where it becomes a problem for voters is when they see it interfere with your duties and responsibilities as a public official. Uh, they generally are pretty accepting uh, that that we're all uh, flawed and that individuals may have made some mistakes in their business life or their personal life, or it may not even be a mistake. It just might be something that you you yourself have not done or, or don't do. And, but as long as candidates are upfront, honest, accept responsibility, um, and and are uh, uh, willing willing to show and prove um, through their actions that this isn't in any way interfering with their service to the public, I think Americans are generally pretty understanding and forgiving. You know, um, Mrs. Carter just passed away recently, uh, President Jimmy Carter's wife. So Carter's presidency has been in the headlines quite a bit and on, on social media quite a bit. And I just recently read an article about how Jimmy Carter was um, voted or, or – uh, polled, I guess, to be the worst president in American history. 
And then I saw a little people underneath that comment or underneath that story make comments about what a great guy he was, how a humble guy he was, how, what a giving guy he was. But it, he was still the worst president. And some people got mad about that comment. Some people thought it was a, a righteous comment. Um, so it, the personal life of Jimmy Carter really didn't affect his presidency. I, I think you raise a good point, which is um, you, you've got to find individuals when you're – evaluating them uh, as candidates for public office who are going to be effective and successful given the specific roles and responsibilities of the office. And there's tough um, decisions that aren't always nice decisions. Right. And, 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 and it may very well be the case as we study the Carter presidency uh, that, you know, the public policy choices he made um, a key role as president is being an effective communicator and he sometimes had difficulty there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, to your leadership style. Um, uh, Reagan was very much, uh, I want to hear from the team, and we're going to have a big debate and discussion, and I want to hear all the viewpoints. And Carter was more of a solitary decision maker and uh, tended to go, just hand me all the facts and let me go in the office with legal pad, and I'll write through the pros and cons, and I'll figure it out. And and it turns out that the 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 Reagan style of of making decisions, uh, chances are, improves the odds of you hearing uh, good ideas uh, as opposed to trying to be more um, uh, the single decision maker and almost and, a dictator. And, and, well, I I wouldn't say that about Carter, but I would say um, I I I I think. Uh, he is a really bright guy, uh, but that's why you have a lot of subject matter experts around you. You're not there to have all the answers. You're there to ask a lot of good questions. No, I agree. Um, getting towards the end of the show, give us some ideas of some different groups and clubs uh, that we should belong to or go to uh, to get to know more about our candidates and the way we need to vote. Well, I, I think um, I, I'd give let me let me give uh, several different tips that as we head into the 2024 election. One, I would visit the Flagler County Supervisor Elections website. Katie Lenhart does a fantastic job, and you can learn about how do I become registered to vote. Uh, when are the early voting dates and locations? Um, you're able to see information about candidates, their campaign finance reports. They may be posting uh, their bio- biographical information. Um, secondly. There will be organizations that are nonpartisan, fair, objective, like Flagler Tiger Bay Club. Full disclosure: I am an officer and member of the board, and I'm uh, a member but, too. But, but we uh, we sponsor um, every election year local candidate forums, uh, which are the feedback we've received is that voters found that to be valuable, informative, and helpful to their decisions. Um, and then, lastly, just doing your research. Uh, on your own, in other words, uh, not necessarily relying on 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 uh, the easy way, which is just you know I know the name or I saw the ad the night before the election, uh, figure out something to do. Right, but actually spend time researching the candidates and and getting to know them. Um, it's going to take time, energy, and effort, but they make decisions which impact your daily life: the safety of your community, the taxes you pay, the quality of your schools, the health of your economy the quality of your infrastructure, like your roads. And and therefore, local candidates, uh, especially local candidates, they really do have a, 
a very real impact on what your life is like as a citizen, a resident, a parent, a, a homeowner, a, a business owner, and um, getting getting to learn as much as you can about the candidates uh, and also to learn about the offices. Um, we have a diversity of offices. We have many people in, in Florida and Flagler County who come from countries and states that don't have necessarily the same set of public o- elected public offices. And, and there are a number of important lower profile offices in Florida, meaning they don't get, you know, they're not on the front page of the newspaper every day, like our special districts, uh, maybe, maybe some of our constitutional officers, but they have a real impact on your life uh, and, and the quality of life of our community. I agree. And, and I don't know if you remember this or not. You and I did a show two years ago on the different jobs from up north, the strong mayor, the weak mayor. And so many people had no idea what our mayor here does right? because it's totally different than what goes on right. up, up north. And I think that made a great impact from what I was told. Uh, I, so we had to do that show again because we, we do have a big city election coming up. I think so. I'm always happy to do that. Always enjoy being a part of your show. And you do a wonderful public service to the community with this show. Thank you very much. Dr. Joe, tell us more about you and how we get in touch with you if we want to know more about elections and who to vote for. Uh, or how to vote. Well, I, I, yeah, I, I certainly am not here to comment about any candidates or parties, but um, you can always reach me on my website, drjoesaviak.com, S-A-V-I-A-K.com. And if you have any follow-up questions, um, I, I taught public policy and, and government for many years at the college level and, and um, have a pretty good familiarity uh, and understanding of our, how our system operates, both the electoral system as well as the uh, government public policy side and uh, always you, happy to take your questions. You've always been my go-to guy. Well, thank you very much. Right. I, I love being on the show, and you, you always do a tremendous public service. Dr. Savick, thank you for being on the Business Report. We'll see you next Saturday.